Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am Brandon Goldler, and with me here, as always, is the magnanimous, the incredible... R uh, no, Ryan actually is not here. Ryan canceled at the last minute. We're not going to put anybody on blast. But with me here, I have the one, literally the only, the looking very incredulously at me, the tired because she is working nights, but working her ass off. It is none other than my wife, Dr. Cassie Mullen. Cassie, what is up? Not much. It's a pleasure to be here. You're going to have to talk a little louder than that. That's hard because I'm sick. That's fair. I'll actually move the mic slightly closer to you. Cassie is here as our resident Blazers expert who follows the team equally as closely as I do. Definitely equally as closely. I have been watching every game. <laughs> I, I mean, you as much as I watch the games, you do watch somewhat over my shoulder. Sure. Let's so, go with that. I think that makes you supremely qualified for this episode. Uh, the episode we're actually really looking forward to, no spoilers, is the finale of Survivor season, is it 43? 43. Nice. Um, yeah, they're they're wrapping up. Uh, we are both huge Survivor fans. In fact, one of us has applied to be on Survivor. The other one of us has not. I'll let you guess. The other one is a little scared to yeah. apply. <laughs> the other one is a little scared to apply. Um, but we actually need to re-up your application because Jeff clearly would have chosen you had he seen it in time. Um, but uh, Naturally. Naturally. I do want to give a shout-out, though. If you're not already following, uh, you if you're listening to this, you probably know who No Dunks are, formerly the starters. They have a podcast called No Buffs, which is a reference to like the little handkerchief thing that contestants on Survivor get. It's called a buff. Yeah, it is a buff. But it like, I didn't know what a buff was before Survivor. It's like an elastic headband thing that they wear to note which tribe they're on. At any rate, no buffs. It's in its own separate podcast feed. They recap Survivor every episode. And again, this being the finale, um, I didn't want to listen to it because no spoilers, but we are looking forward to that episode. One more before we go to Blazers Talk. Of the many TV shows that you and I have watched over the last, I don't know, like year and a half, is there any TV show that jumps out to you as like you want to recommend as being like the most interesting or most engaging or that you like the most? I mean, besides Survivor, I feel like RuPaul's Drag Race um, is an excellent show. The contestants on that um, show are so multi-talented. They can act, they can sing, they can dance, they can perform, walk on the catwalk, be beautiful, do improv, do everything. Um, I'm just so impressed by their talent. I agree. That's my takeaway, too, is that they <laughs> they really ask them to do everything and then they get judged if they're not good at like any one thing. Um, it's it is pretty impressive. So check out RuPaul's Drag Race. It's tough, honestly, for us finding TV here in New Zealand. Um, I'm not going to say that we're using a VPN, but I'm also not going to say that we're not using a VPN to access some of these shows, including Australian Survivor, which <laughs> apparently you could not watch if you're in New Zealand, but you can if you're in Australia seems a little um, island specific to me, or I guess continent specific. Uh, so New Zealand. Okay, hold on. One more question. Geography question. Australia is a continent. Is New Zealand an island, like a humongous island or a continent? How would you qualify it? I mean, I have, this is one of the age old 
old questions of how old, <laughs> how big does an island have to be before it's not an island anymore? Because really, any chunk of land is an island if you look at it from far enough away. And um, no person is an island. Except for the people in this room sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, it's, I will say, of New Zealand, uh, it's it's bigger than I thought. <laughs> Being here now, we've been here, well, you've been here for three months. I've been here for two months? That's wild. Wow. Time is, time is flying a little bit too quickly for my liking. But at any rate, that is not why we are here. We are here to talk about the Blazers. Uh, and without Ryan, uh, this episode will be a little bit truncated, even though we do have a super duper Blazers expert here. I am such a fan. So you can hear the excitement in her voice. It's definitely not that she's been working nights literally the entire week and is exhausted. And uh, that has nothing to do with it. But here's what I want to do really quick in this episode. I want to talk about where the Blazers are since we last recorded a month ago. I want to talk about uh, the win streak, kind of where they are in the Western Conference and expectations. Then I want to talk about Damian Lillard, who's been playing out of his mind, then do a little bit of wrap up and talk about the next few games and then get us all out of here. So any objection to that agenda you want to add or delete anything to that? That's a beautiful agenda. Thank you. I I appreciate you laying out the agenda. I, you know, it's what they say. You want to say what you're going to say, say it, and then recap what you say. Exactly. That's called effective public speaking and effective podcasting. I was an administrative assistant for two damn long to not have an agenda. And frankly, we don't always have notes for this show, but we got, we had good notes for this one. So I just couldn't let this opportunity to record slide. So if you don't mind, without further ado, uh, where the Blazers are since we last recorded. So we last recorded over a month ago on November 12th. They were nine and three at that point. They are now 16 and 12. That means they've gone seven and nine since we last recorded with a lot of ups and downs from looking like one of the best teams in the NBA to looking like they were cratering and now rubber banding all the way back to again, looking like a good team. Uh, Right now, they're fourth in the West, but they're two and a half games out of first, and they're two and a half games out of 11th. More on that later. Like I said, they've weathered injuries, and they also weathered what was for quite a long time, actually, for a number of weeks at least, the NBA's toughest schedule, so they're getting a bit of a respite from that. And the Blazers, as we stand now, uh, back in, in the colonies, it's it's Thursday the 15th. It's, it's Friday the 16th here in New Zealand. Uh, the, but they're currently on a three-game winning streak. They've won five of the last six. All of those games uh, have been with Damian Lillard. All but one of those games, rather, have been with Damian Lillard. So that's where they are now. They're two and a half games out of first, two and a half games out of 11th. They're on this three-game winning streak. They've won five out of the last six. Damian Lillard looks really good. We'll talk more about that later. So the question for super fan, super Blazers follower, Cassie, Dr. Cassie Mullen, how is it that we feel about the Blazers as a team now that they're 28 games into this 82-game NBA season? Well, that's a great question, Brandon. I am sure that I can speak for all of us in the we that we feel okay about it, kind of sort of okay. We like to see uh, some consistency. It's great when they're playing great, and we want to see more of that. Um, 
Uh, we don't really like it when they look like a bunch of high school students who <laughs> just learned to play basketball. Like baby giraffes, so to speak, on the court. Yeah, exactly. I will say that the consistency part, honestly, that is kind of where I was going to go with my answer, too. I mean, it's great that they look so good now. It's great that they looked so good at the beginning of the season, but not so great that they looked so bad. And I do feel like a hallmark a hallmark of good teams is that consistency, that there's a floor below which you don't fall. And now that I'm thinking, let me ask the one person in the room who has played collegiate basketball so you have more experience actually playing the sport than I do. I can't honestly remember off the top of my head like the amount of success that you found at the high school and the college level. Um, but is there something about a good team that it's not like it's not so much that the highs are super high, but it's that there's again, there's like a baseline that you always hit like is is consistency in your experience truly like a defining quality of a good team i have it's such a subjective question i've played on well that's why i'm asking you it's subjective but you have expertise yeah in my opinion um there are many different characteristics that could make a good team uh i personally appreciate teams that can go out and perform the same no matter who they're playing they don't play down to worse teams levels um consequently they often don't play up to better teams levels um what's nice when that does happen but I would take somebody who, when they step on the court, you know what you're going to get every time over somebody who plays down to other teams or plays up to some teams. I think, yeah, I think that's very fair. And, and, you know, to be fair to this Blazers team, a relatively new coach still, a team that hasn't played with each other a ton. I mean, the two players who played the most together by far are Dame and Nurk. Everyone else has either been in a different role, like Anthony Simons was a backup for a long time, or they're brand new, uh, or relatively brand new, like Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart. We still have not seen Gary Payton Jr., who is uh, returning to competition reconditioning, which is the weirdest phrase ever used in NBA injury parlance. I don't know. I kind of like it. Why do you like it? It has a lot of syllables. (laughs) Fine, uh, but he had you know off-season surgery on his core, similar to Damian Lillard, and I, I think what that's saying is he's not he's not in shape to play, which is fair. And also, a, a player like Gary Payton, he, he relies so much on his athleticism, his speed, and his movement uh, to have become one of the best, or, or actually the best perimeter defender in the NBA. The Blazers still have not played with him yet, which means that all that we're talking about, and look, no team has perfect injury luck, but all that we're talking about will be changed when they get that player uh, at some point in the next couple weeks. So all this is just to say how I feel about the team 28 games in. I largely agree with what you said, Cassie. It's the consistency for me. Um, it's it's the shoulders for me. Uh, that <laughs> Sorry. That's a deep That's cut. That's another good show to watch if you haven't watched Love is Blind. It's, uh, it's it was, I think it's season one and two were better than the third. Um, it's definitely going downhill. One, one was the best. Two was is okay. So I but I, but we love him. What was his name again? Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, 
It was it, two letters. Yeah. KJ? No, or? it was... Um, uh, anyway, he was the best... He, he was trying on uh, some wedding outfits, and he had some, like, a traditional coat on, and it was, like, had very big shoulders. He just looked at it, he's like, it's the shoulders for me. So, anywho, it's the consistency for me, and I agree with you, um, <clears throat> because we've seen them be, like, really, really good, and then really, really bad, and now really, really good again. It'd be cool for them to have, like, a 10-game stretch where they're just, like, consistently good, and the defense looks solid, and people... People seem like they know where they're supposed to be on rotations. And we see more of, you know, Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard have one game in which they both scored 30 points. It would be nice to see a couple of those just to prove they can work off each other. Although I will say uh, before we move on to the next topic really quick, watching the Blazers Spurs game yesterday, there was one moment which I so appreciated. The ball was kind of swinging around. It swung to Dame, who was pretty open from deep. Uh, looked like he was about to shoot, which Damian Lillard being such a threat, even him kind of bring the ball up in a shooting position makes the defense kind of jump at him. And he 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 uh, circled it to to Anthony Simons, who was in the corner, who was even more open, uh, and hit the shot. And you could see Anthony Simons kind of point at Dame, like "Thank you for the extra pass." That's the kind of stuff I'd like to see more of. It's just that connectivity and cohesiveness. It only comes through playing with one another for long enough. So uh, I feel good about where they are. Uh, Consistency is where it's going to feel even better. So with that, the Blazers are on that three-game winning streak. Damian Lillard, there's a couple reasons for that. Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard looks like he's 100%. You okay there? I think I'm fine. <laughs> Might be having a stroke or something. I'm always having a stroke. It, sometimes you get a little excited being on live radio. Especially you. Especially me. I Yeah, that's true. Uh <laughs> uh, I do have a, um, a propensity to be extremely enthusiastic about stuff, especially when it comes to the Blazers. Um, can confirm. Yes. Thank the person who decided to marry me can confirm this. Uh, Damian Lillard looks really good. He looks 100% more on that later. Uh, I would say Yusuf Nurkic looks more spry. Speaking of returning to uh, competition preconditioning, he kind of took the beginning of the season to return to competition preconditioning and now looks fully conditioned you can see it's like the second efforts from Nurkic so the fast breaks he's actually willing to run on now uh, he had multiple dunks in that game against the Spurs multiple dunks Cassie this is like one of the centers in the NBA who for whatever reason despite being seven feet tall <coughs> excuse me often refuses to dunk so that was nice um obviously I knew that already Obviously, Naturally. Naturally. Uh, and Nurkic, to his credit, also has been shooting 40% from deep, albeit on a low volume. Um, so Nurkic, I think, looks really good. I think that contributes. The Blazers still have a ton of weird turnovers. That's kind of, uh, you know, whatever. It's something they're going to have to clean up. I, again, probably going to come through knowing where each other are on the court more and not forcing stuff. And three of those games uh, in the last little while, I don't know how I put this in there. Um, I think it was probably three of the last four games uh, had been double digit wins, which is great. So it can't be that can't be it. I think I was saying three of the last six games where they've won five of six. At any rate, they've had more double digit wins lately than they did earlier in the season. Their net rating has been um, lower than their win total would suggest. And I think that's finally starting to creep back up and look more reflective of a team that is above 500, which is where the Blazers 
Pacers find themselves. So with all of that being said, those wins have come against the Spurs, against the Timberwolves twice, against the Pacers, and against the Jazz. That's that five of six. Um, so uh, it's not just the schedule because the Wolves are pretty good. The Jazz are good. The Pacers are feisty. And the Spurs, despite just being god-awful bereft of talent, they're still coached by Greg Popovich. So I wanted to ask you, Cassie, again, ultra Blazer fan here in the room, um, what else has contributed to that win streak? This is probably the most bullshit question I have in here. It's like, uh, what's contributed to that win streak in your view? That's a very good question. Um, I obviously have a very well-informed answer. Uh, I would say that, you know, Dame being out for a little bit and then coming back really brought the momentum uh, and upped the energy because they were looking good at the beginning and then they were like, ah. But I think the momentum of Dame being 100% really has hyped everyone around him and they're just looking good. Cassie, that is such an insightful answer uh, because it's going to segue into our next session uh, section. That's my answer too. It, it, it's partly the schedule, but mostly it's it's as simple as Damian Lillard being there. I think that that's what it is. And as we go to this next section, I'm going somewhat out of order because it was just such a beautiful transition. Mm-hmm. You'd think that this woman had been a radio her whole life. Um, <clears throat> really, I just answer a lot of questions. That's true, especially with like uninformed, ignorant, excitable people such as myself. That's my demographic. <laughs> Bazing. Um, Damian Lillard has been on a heater. And to Cassie's point about him just being there helping. Um, so first of all, he's averaging 37 plus points per game over the last four games. By far his best stretch of the year. But there was a post on Reddit which is universally accepted as being a reliable source of information, bulletproof. And this is something, I mean, it's falsifiable and and partially subjective, so whatever. But according to this Reddit post, when Dame is, quote, fully healthy, I'll explain that in a second, the Blazers are 8-1 and when Damian Lillard is fully healthy. If you want to be a little bit more objective about it, the Blazers are 11-3 and when he plays the entire game. And by plays the entire game, there's one, that Miami game, where he got injured the first time he played part of the game, and then they ended up blowing a lead and lost. So 11-3 and when he plays the whole game. They are just 5-7 and without him and 3-4 and when he's not, quote, fully healthy. And this Reddit user categorized fully healthy as being um, when he uh, uh, when the season started before he hurt his calf and then not including the time between the first and second calf injuries. You could argue, you know, he came back a little quick. Damian Lillard said he did not come back too quickly, but I think it's sort of telling that he took more time after the second injury than he did after the first injury. And lo and behold, he looks better and is playing better. And so whatever. So basically this user is suggesting that if you don't count the games where he may not have been fully healthy, that the Blazers are eight and one when he is fully healthy. Uh, Something else to say, too, you've probably been keeping track. Damian Lillard is now just 69 points away from passing Clyde Drexler as the Portland Trailblazers all-time leading scorer in franchise history. He would need 34 and change in the next couple of games to pass that during their game against the Houston Rockets, which, if you may remember, is the team where Clyde Drexler won a championship 
championship after his long tenure with Portland and also where he was until recently a broadcast announcer. I think that there's some scuttlebutt that Clyde Drexler will be in attendance for the game that Dame finally surpasses Clyde as the franchise's all-time leading scorer. But that's really cool. All of that to say... Damian Lillard looks like himself, and as Dame goes, so does this team. It does not matter what else happens at the margin. You can forget about Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, Gary Payton coming back. None of that matters if Dame isn't Dame, and Dame looks like Dame. So to you, I pose this question. It's a very difficult question. It's very complex. I'm going to have to take a breath before I ask it. (gasps) What do you like most about Damian Lillard? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, Damien's obviously a really phenomenal basketball player, uh, but there's a lot of phenomenal basketball players out there. Uh, what I appreciate... Like me! Yeah, that's obviously who <laughs> I was referring to. Did you see my Instagram story where I hit three threes in a row? I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, no, what I like most about Damien is he seems to share the love with his teammates. Whenever I see him in like a post-game interview, he's always... Uh, even when he, you know, made the step back 50 million foot shot for the win, he's always talking about how it was a team effort and saying how how much he appreciates his teammates. Um, and it seems really genuine. Uh, and I I like that most about him. That seems more unique compared to a, a lot of superstars out there. I think that's I, I think that's it's a great point, and honestly, that's a, that's why a lot of people like him too, and that's a, a big reason why he's ingratiated himself into the Portland fan base. I mean, it's it's I don't know, it's 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 I think it's tough to be a leader and to actually care about the people around you and not just be like fake humble. And it seems like he's like a real actual human being who actually does care about the people around him and does care about elevating the people around him. And it's just, it is really, really cool to see. Um, You like real human beings, don't you? I do. As it turns out. Yeah, I do like real human beings. Um, (laughs) uh, What do I like most about Damian Lillard? It's, it's probably that. This is annoying. You're stealing all my answers. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, it's because I spent hours preparing for this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's that. I, I think it's it, the thing that kind of is a little heartbreaking about that is if Damian Lillard had had a better team around him all these years, it would just be really cool to see what he could have done. Like, um, <clears throat> But maybe we're going to get to see that this year. Uh, the trade deadline is approaching. It's some point in the not too distant future maybe we'll see it next year maybe we'll see it without a trade um but again i mean really just to kind of close out this segment and get to the end of the podcast damian lillard looking like himself is like the a b and c of whether this team is going to be good or not nothing else matters if that's not there and it is really cool to see that damian lillard looks like himself and we're getting another like super duper prime year of dame is is a lot of fun um one more thought about him breaking the all-time franchise record in scoring. So he's been averaging like 37 points a game over the last four games. He quote-unquote only needs to average 34 of the next two to break it in Houston. I have half a thought that he really wants to break it in Houston because of the Clyde Drexler connection. And part of me, another reason why I like Dame, part of me thinks that if he knows that's coming up and he's just kind of like, 
force of will getting his point total high enough to where he could actually break it in Houston. If he wants to do that, I, I think he's going to do it. Um, and there's no reporting about that, about his intention, about whether he wants to break it in Houston or whether or not he cares. Obviously, it'd be nice to do it at home, but they're on a pretty long road trip. It doesn't unless he sits out a bunch of games, not going to happen um, at home. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for the next couple of games. And with that, what a great segue for me. Let's wrap this up. Let's talk about this next couple games. Um, the next four games are against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, that's on Friday. Uh, the next day they do take on those Houston Rockets. Uh, then uh, the following Tuesday and Thursday, they play Oklahoma City twice. None of these teams are world-beating teams, the best of which being the Mavericks tomorrow, although it was announced recently that Maxi Kleba tore his hamstring in practice, which... Ouch. That sucks. Uh, I mean, it sucks to get injured at any time, but to do it in practice is really shitty. And that sucks. We ban injuries. Injuries suck. I hope he gets better quickly. Um, He's going to be out for a few weeks. He's one of their better defenders. He's an important role player for the Mavericks, uh, a team that is bereft of role players. uh, You know, he he averages like I don't have it in front of me. I think it's like 25 or 26 minutes a game. That's not nothing. So um, all to say the Blazers have a really good shot at winning any one of these games. In fact, they're they're probably going to be favored in they may not be favored in the Mavs one, but they're going to be favored in the other 3. So, here's the question to you, Cassie. The Blazers are 16 and 12. They have these next 4 games against very beatable teams. What do you think their record is going to be after those 4 games? Well, let me just get out my crystal ball. Get out your calculator. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 19 and 13. Okay. They'll lose one of them. Which but one? I, but I think they're going to beat the Mavs, and I think it's just going to be uh, a fluke that they lose to somebody else. That's that's a that's a solid conservative answer. Um, it, it is hard to play the same team twice. Um and, and beat them both times, usually because the other team is making adjustments to the things that worked for you. And if something worked for you, you're less likely to make adjustments, which makes what you're doing slightly more predictable. Um, and I think that someone did a deep dive on that, that it is very difficult to like the, the, the second game when you play the same team twice, the team that lost the first game has a disproportionately higher chance of winning that second game than all the other stats would suggest about the strength of the teams and all that stuff. So, but I'm going to get bold here, Cassie. I'm going to say they're going to be 20 and 12. They're going to go on a four game heater, which would put their current streak at that point. It would put it at seven games in a row. They have a chance to do it. And I I think that part of this is like, again, Damian Lillard being himself. If they're really trying to find an identity and send a statement that they are one of the better teams in the NBA and what happened early in the season was not a fluke. I think they're going to take this stretch seriously. And especially the Blazers have been one of the better road teams in the NBA for almost the entire season. So um, I think that that's pretty much it. Do you have any closing thoughts, uh, any closing arguments or anecdotes or funny quips that you want to leave the listeners with? I was unprepared for this question. It's not in the show notes. (laughs) Um, uh, I, I, you know, put me on the spot. I don't have any funny quips or anecdotes. Um, I, you know, just appreciate the game of basketball and hope, hope that everyone stays healthy and, uh, the better team comes out on top. 
And may that be the Blazers. If you want to reach out to us, you can always do that at welicktheblazers.com. You can also find me no longer on Twitter. I'm off Twitter. Uh, but you can find Ryan at the Witty Ryan. You can actually, I will put a plug for this. You can find me in the Trailcasters Discord. It's a community that the Podlin Trailcasters uh, host, Keith Feltner-Smith and Chris Burkhart. They've set up a Discord where people talk basketball. They talk Blazers. They also have off-topic channels such as Pets, where people share pictures of their cats. I'm looking at Cassie here. I mean, I don't need to see anyone else's cats. That's true. We have the two best cats in the whole world. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) But you can find me at... At the Trailcasters Discord, uh, it, and it's great. Like honestly, like again, I, I not to do too much grandstanding. I was done with Twitter. I'm not supporting Elon Musk. Not going to happen. Um, so after 10 years, I'm out. Uh, find me on Discord. Find us at WeLikeTheBlazers.com on any podcatcher that you may use. And until next time, I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. And go Blazers. Go Blazers.